are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a September 2nd Saturday morning edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia-Gunderson, a writer at many places these days, former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian, and your host of Locked On Blazers here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to the show. I addressed the late start to the week earlier in the week, had some things come up, but thank you for understanding. Thank you for sticking with us as we get closer here to training camp and the start of the NBA season. I know that sports are on the mind today. It is the start of the college football season officially. I know there were some games last week. Shout out to the Beaver fans who had a game last week, but uh, it really gets going in full swing today. Uh, My Ducks play against Southern Utah today under Willie Taggart. Getting excited for that. There are lots of games on. Also, there's basketball on TV right now. Eurobasket is underway. Uh, That has been really fun to watch, honestly. I caught the Finland-France game the other day. Uh, Lowry Markkinen from the Chicago Bulls looking a little bit better than I thought. I think he finished with 24 points. And uh, it's just fun. You know, sports are back. We're, we're getting we're, we're getting hyped. The, the, the seasons are starting to change, and we're starting to get more sports, and it's awesome. So football underway and pro football just around the corner, and then you also got the professional competitions going on in Europe, which Eurobasket, I think, to me, is probably the best international tournament because the teams are all pretty much evenly matched. Uh, it's not a situation like... Whether it's Australia in the uh, in their competitions uh, or the United States in their competitions, where you know they're clearly favored, uh, you know these are some really tough games with evenly matched squads. Chris Tapps Porzingis has had some crazy highlights over in EuroBasket. Very excited for EuroBasket. No Blazers in EuroBasket this year. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic uh, withdrew from the Bosnian team. He's not going to play. So. Uh, the, the Eurobasket, it's happening right now. It's really fun. No Blazers, but still, if you like basketball and you like competitive basketball, uh, it's it's a fun thing to tune into. I, I, it's on Watch ESPN uh, on the the ESPN streaming channel. So uh, definitely check that out if you're if you're missing some basketball. Because I know that when I watched it, I was like, wow, this is this is super fun, and I miss this feeling. And I'm excited to know that in a couple of weeks, well, about six weeks from now. We're going to have that feeling again with NBA basketball back on the TV. So, as I mentioned last week or in the last episode on Thursday morning, we recorded that before the Blazers had made a decision officially on the status of swingman Pat Connaughton, who they got in a trade a couple of years ago on draft day, right before LaMarcus Aldridge skipped town or after he had skipped town already, and they were already starting to build for the season. And Connaughton came in that deal involving Rondé Hollis Jefferson and Steve Blake, which got 
the Blazers, Mason Plumley and Pat Connaughton. So Connaughton, the only Blazer from that trade that has survived, and he makes the roster. Uh, I think since they fully guaranteed him, I think there's really no doubt in my mind that he makes the team. So he's effectively made the team, which congratulations to Pat. I know that this has probably been an extremely difficult time for him not knowing whether they're going to trade him or not knowing whether they're going to even keep him on the team. And, you know, and if he gets traded before the guarantee date, then, you know, he doesn't know what the other teams might do. So uh, they keep Connaughton and his $1.4 million salary for next season. And this is his third year now on the Blazers coming up here. So a huge year for Connaughton. Basically, uh, if he doesn't do anything in this season, I would I would say that his chances of sticking in the league are are slim to none. Uh, if he if he doesn't make an impact or show something this season for the Blazers, I think if you're a team, you're gonna you're gonna find yourself being curious. You know, especially if he gets an opportunity this year, which I think the roster construction just leads you to believe he's going to get a real opportunity here. That that I think that they're going to, you know, pick that option up. And so, uh, and, and, and they're going to give him a real opportunity because they just traded Crab, So they now need somebody else, anybody else, because they don't have a person that outside of Damon CJ that can knock down shots uh, on, on the three point line consistently. You know, they have two great playmakers and two great scorers, but uh, the, the team's, as good as Harkless and Aminu can shoot, teams still don't respect either one of those guys to knock down shots. So the spacing when you play those two at the same time probably isn't going to be that great. I think if Harkless can get hot a little bit, maybe, but both of those guys have still, even when they've shot well, still have not had the effect on the defense that you would hope because a great deal of spacing is the actual ability to make a shot, but I would say at least 50% of it in terms of spacing is whether the other team will think you will knock down the shot. And that doesn't seem to be the case right now with Aminu and Harkless. I don't think most teams think that those guys are going to knock down their shots. I, I, I don't I don't think that you're going to go into, if I was a coach and I was trying to scout and I was looking at Portland and trying to put myself in a position to say, hey, how do we stop these guys? I would say, make Aminu and Harkless beat us and make the other wing guys beat us. And now teams have tried to do that for years and Dame and CJ still are able to get their points and still able to get their numbers and still able to produce. But they have also had the benefit, they've also had crab on their team for the last couple of years who was a very consistent three-point shooter for them in back-to-back seasons and they've usually been able to get one other guy to knock down threes and so whether it was Aminu the year before or or Harkless this past year to knock him down at a reasonable rate and so now Connaughton comes in and he has a real opportunity finally I think last year they kind of there was no way for him to really get an opportunity. They spent a bunch of money on uh, Evan Turner. at So that's going to take up some some playing time on the wing. Uh, they gave Alan Crabb a ton of money. And that's going to 
take up more playing time on the wing. And there just was too much of a long jam for Pat to ever really get an opportunity. And he did play, he did shoot the three well last season. So if he can repeat that, that's a huge, huge victory for Portland to be able to find a guy on your bench that can knock down the three. And, you know, he's a little bit better of a rebounder than you would think. And so uh, that's one of his strengths, especially on the defensive glass. You know, he's a pretty decent rebounder for his size and at that position. And as we've mentioned many times before, uh, the Blazers, before Nurkic got there, really struggled with rebounding both on the offensive end and then the defensive end rebounding just wasn't as good either. And, you know, maybe playing Connaughton more will help them on the glass. But that's what you have to hope for, I think, is what I'm describing is more of a best-case scenario of what happens if Connaughton gets a role is he's able to knock down threes, he plays passable defense, he helps the team rebound. I, I, I don't know if he's a guy that you're going to run pick and rolls with, but neither was Alan Crabb. So uh, I, I don't necessarily think that he has to be that to be a successful role player on this Blazers team. I think knocking down shots, which he texted to Jason Quick, uh, according to Quick on Twitter, that it's time to make some shots. That's really the biggest thing. And that is the biggest thing in basketball period, obviously. Uh, uh, I know it sounds redundant, but in the age of uh, all the metrics that we have, sometimes it gets a little lost that making baskets is is ultimately the, the number one thing uh, in the game. It's about buckets scored and buckets against. And if Connaughton can help the Blazers make baskets on the other end, because I think offense right now is a major question, uh, even though a lot of folks think that everyone everything's going to be great offensively for Portland because they have Lillard and McCollum and they have Terry Stotts as head coach, offense is a major question mark for me this year because of the lack of outside shooting. And so can Connaughton bring that outside shooting? His career so far is encouraging, but not at all a guarantee of what he's going to be, but he did shoot 51% last year on uh, 33 attempts from three-point range. He made 17 of those, and for his career in the NBA so far, he's 22 of 54, so he hasn't even really played that much. He's played below 500 minutes so far in his NBA career, so not a whole lot of sample size to definitively say that we can extrapolate that he's going to be able to shoot 40% 40% from three for a full season with a full role. But I think this is a sign that they believe in him and that they would rather pay Connaughton $1.4 million and hope that he makes good on his ability to make shots rather than cut him and, say, spend the mid-level exception on one of the players that's still out on the free agent market, like a Tony Allen, who is not a three-point shooter, but could help you defensively. And I think maybe this picking up of Connaughton's next season, I think is a sign that maybe they don't think that they need more help defensively, and they probably need more help on the offensive end, which I think is, is the right approach because they really have a lot of questions about who's going to come off the bench and make shots on who's going to play alongside Damon CJ and make shots. 
Is it going to be Connaughton? Is it going to be Jake Lehman? Are they going to go to as Napier more? Will Aminu and or Harkless be able to make an improvement to the point where defenses start to respect them, like Otto Porter did for the Wizards last year? You know, it, do they have a situation like that on the roster? And it seems like they're not going to count on that because that's not you know that doesn't always happen. But they've got options for guys to maybe fill that role and help replace some of that production that they lost when they had to trade Crab for salary crap reasons. So I I think that there's a, a good chance that Connaughton uh, can come in and knock down shots, I, I and I think that that's all they need him to do. So he doesn't need to do... Obviously, it, it, it's always better if you can do more stuff in the game. That's Versatility is the name of the game these days in the NBA, but... If he can knock down shots, if he can help them rebound, I mean, that's that's a big help right there for a team that, you know, sometimes has struggled on the glass and projects to struggle shooting on the outside this season. So, Pat Connaughton on the Blazers for next season. Jason Quick with the scoop there. And big, big news. Uh, that was the, probably the last piece of news, I would say, for Blazers this summer. But again, I've said that, and then there were the Carmelo rumors and all that stuff. So, but... It seems to me that uh, Connaughton is going to be on the team. I don't think they're going to make any other big changes. There's still good piece. Still could be some Nurkic extension talks that are happening right now. Perhaps some Vonley extension talks that are happening right now that we could hear about before the end of the season. But the fact that they picked up Connaughton's option, I don't know if any other teams in the league have seen enough from him to warrant trading for him and keeping him. I think part of the attraction of him before was that his contract was not guaranteed thus the team that would receive him could waive him in hypothetical trade scenarios but I think now uh, I think it's safe to say that Connaughton is on the team that Connaughton will get a chance to play and that he will get a chance to contribute because the Blazers have a hole in their in their roster right now and that's outside shooting from from guys on the perimeter so Pat Connaughton on the Blazers for next season. And next season, you can stick with us all year long on Locked On Blazers and follow the rest of the league on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're starting our preview season now. Fantasy basketball is going to ramp up soon. Josh Lloyd, our guy from Locked On Fantasy, always doing it big, always doing it right down and under in Australia. Uh, great podcast to win your fantasy basketball league with josh so make sure to check out all of the podcasts on the locked on podcast network today's show is sponsored by talkspace the online therapy company for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy you can pick an experienced licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over three thousand hours of supervised work to match with your perfect therapist go to talkspace.com forward slash boom and to show your support for this podcast, use code BOOM to get $30 off your first month. That's BOOM. Talkspace.com slash BOOM. B-O-O-M. As I mentioned on the last episode, we had the over-unders come out for the NBA this year from the Las Vegas Westgate Casino, who are the overlords of the over-under And today, I'm going to go through them and, and talk about which ones I think will hit on the over which ones to hit on the under uh just just out of fun i'm not going to actually bet on these but but maybe i mean i guess you could fill in the blanks and decide which ones based on how 
uh, excited or not excited I am uh, about all of these bets. But we're going to start because this is a Blazers podcast, of course, with the home team. So before we get through the rest of the league, we're going to start with the Blazers. And the Blazers over under from the Las Vegas Westgate is 42.5. So that is about right in line with ESPN, ESPN's Kevin Pelton, who, when they released their real plus minus projections, projected the Blazers at 43 wins. So if you believe Pelton's projection, then I guess you take the over. And if you're a little bit lower on the Blazers, then then you take the under. And uh, if you don't believe the shooting is going to help, then, then there that goes. But I think still a, a good amount of respect for the Blazers with Yusuf Nurkic now, even though they lost Crab. Uh, I think that Vegas respects them enough that they'll have a winning record, but a lot of the teams that they're going to be battling with uh, for those spots, uh, they're they're going to be in a battle, and there's some teams that are expected to be better. Uh, According to Vegas, one team that is expected to be better than the Blazers is Denver. Their over-under is set at 45.5, and... They come in with expectations of having added Paul Millsap and having added, you know, some some really talented, a real talented all-star caliber player to their roster after barely missing the playoffs last season. So Denver is a team that Vegas is high on. Another team that is going to be in Portland's vicinity that Vegas is high on is the Clippers. They Their over-under is set at 44. So even though they lost Chris Paul, even though... Blake Griffin projects to be out for a little bit of the regular season when we start because of an injury. Uh, Vegas believes in the Clippers and the revamped team with Pat Beverly and Sam Decker and all these guys that they got for Chris Paul to fill in the gaps. And uh, Danilo Gallinari from Denver, who they acquired in that Paul Millsap trade. It was a three-way trade. So the Clippers going to be a tough team for Portland this season as well. Uh, let's work it alphabetically. Uh, let's now that we've talked about some of the teams in Portland's vicinity, and we can keep talking about that when we get to more teams like that. But we're going to start alphabetical order with Atlanta. Atlanta at twenty-five point five. They suck. They traded Dwight Howard. They they basically gutted their team, and they look like they're going to tank. But Mike Budenholzer, the Spurs connection. Are you really going to think that a team that with that type of pedigree is going to only win 25 games? I don't know. And, and I think that's a good question there. But, uh, I mean, Atlanta does look like they're going to suck, though. So, uh, But that's a, that's a real tough bet, and that's why Vegas does it, because it, it makes you think, it makes you him and haw a little bit, and, and you start thinking about whether – uh, whether they're going to do that or not. And they got a lot of young guys. They're going to be running that Spursian system, but they don't really, ha- you know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily think that they have a lot of guys there that they're going to win you a lot of games, but they got Dwayne Dedman from, from San Antonio in the middle. Now they've got a good coach. Dennis Schroeder is kind of a, a, a wild card. Maybe he, he takes a leap or maybe he just continues to be just a very good guard. Who's, kind of wild out there and uh Torian Prince is a nice small ball center but yeah I mean I think 25.5 that's a good number and I I probably would not take the over on Atlanta because I think they're going to suck but 
you could convince me that they will be better than the sum of their parts just because of the coaching and just because of uh, that system that has, you know, the Hawks have overperformed a lot in recent seasons. So it wouldn't be that shocking to me if they did. Boston at 55, that is a tough one. I think Boston is the favorite to be the number one seed in the East for sure because of Brad Stevens, because they got some young players, but... And, and Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward now. But, uh, you know, it remains to be seen whether Kyrie Irving can stay healthy for a, a full season. Gordon Hayward has been in and out. And they also lost some important players. They lost Avery Bradley, who, who was an incredible defensive player and also knocked down threes, was a really useful player for them. They also lose Jay Crowder and Isaiah Thomas, but they filled in some of those gaps with Marcus Morris. And, and some other guys. So uh, Boston should be very good. 55, a very strong. I'm going to say that they'll go just a tad over. I expect Boston to win the most games of the East. I don't expect them to win the East, though. Uh, Brooklyn at 27.5. Another another tough one. Uh, I, I look at that, and I like Brooklyn's team. I don't think they're going to be – I think they have potential to not be – as bad as they have been in years past with some good perimeter players. They just got Crab, they got Lynn, they got D'Angelo Russell, you know, guys that are creative and good and, and, and can do things, but one injury to those guys and it is in the one injury to any of those guys and it's in the tank. They're riding with Timofey Mozgov in the middle and their bigs might be the worst in the in the league. So uh as much as I do like Brooklyn to maybe compete, uh Logic tells me that something is going to happen to prevent them, but Kenny Atkinson does get, have a lot of respect, and it comes from that Hawks coaching tree, that Spurs coaching tree. So uh, an intriguing over-under there at 27.5 uh, for Brooklyn, I think, is an interesting one. I think Brooklyn and Atlanta both there could overperform their expectations. Charlotte at 42.5, Portland South, both uh, in terms of their front office personnel and in their over-under, apparently. They are at 42.5. I like the over for Charlotte this year. I really like Charlotte. I like Batum in a bounce-back year after he had a down season last year. I think Batum will come back stronger. I think getting Dwight Howard uh, will be a nice move for them. And they had some tough injuries last year to Cody Zeller. and And I think that... Uh, I, I think Charlotte is going to be a, a much better squad this year. I think they make the playoffs, and I think that they're definitely going to get that over. So especially in a down Eastern Conference across the board, I think that they're going to take advantage there. So I would definitely hit the over on Charlotte right now. Chicago, 22 wins. 22 is a low number. They're the worst team in the league by by my estimation, but 22 is a low number. So I'm going to hit the over on that one just because 23 wins really isn't that much. Uh, but, it, I mean, Chicago's going to suck. But I, I have another reason why I'm maybe thinking about the over here is Lowry Markinen looked pretty, pretty good in the Euro basket. Looks like he can score is a little bit better defensively than I thought. He can move a little bit with guards in the pick and roll, so he wouldn't be such a, a liability. I mean, he was getting out there on the perimeter. Granted, guys in Euro basket are not going to be guys in the NBA, but the France team he was playing against, you know, they, you know, he was getting on the perimeter against Evan Fournier and, and, and some, and Nando DiColo and guys that have been in the NBA before. So it wasn't like he was doing this against scrubs in the Pac-12. So, 
Chicago, 22.5, extremely low. So, uh, But they're probably the worst team in the league. I don't really like any of I didn't. Markkanen is probably the best piece of that trade. Zach Levine still coming off a knee injury. Don't know about that. And Chris Dunn, uh, another guy who is pretty good, but but you don't know if he can shoot and if he's really going to be the player that that you know I think he people thought he was going to be when he was picked in the lottery. Uh, and now we have Cleveland at fifty three and a half. I'm probably going to say under on this one. Uh, or I wouldn't bet the over is all I would say. Uh, or maybe just stay away from this. Because Cleveland is the team that to me is just the most confusing when it comes to this stuff. Because you know they're not playing. LeBron is not playing for the most regular season wins. He's not playing for that. He's playing for the finals. And uh, he's going to take his rest. He's going to make sure that his body's ready. And he absolutely should do that because he needs all the energy he can have in the finals. And... I just don't see Jay Crowder, I think, is going to help them. But Isaiah Thomas might be out for a long time. Uh, we don't know about him. And so that makes me really skeptical Skeptical about how many games they can win with Derrick Rose, Jose Calderon, Kay Felder, you know, at point guard. And, and I just, I'm not really, I'm not going to take the over on Cleveland this season. Although I, I do think they will still win the East. Uh, Dallas at 35 and a half. That could be a nice. That could be a sneaky overplay. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. is, by all accounts, NBA ready. Rick Carlisle is a wizard, one of the best coaches in the league. Old Dirk uh, fading into the twilight of his career, and and Harrison Barnes looked to be. Uh, he, he did some cool stuff last year. I thought. I thought uh, Dallas Harrison Barnes was kind of fun to watch and I like how they worked on his game how he kind of expanded his game and worked from the high post and and all this stuff uh I like Dallas a little bit maybe to be just a tad bit better than 35 wins Denver 45 and a half you know the big expectations uh I that's an ambitious over though uh, I think the west is going to be tough I think it's going to be good I think they're going to be good but their division's going to be tough and their schedule is probably going to be tough. So uh, uh, I think Denver at 45 and a half, that's a, that's a solid line. Again, uh, don't know that I would go on the over, but if you're high on Jokic, if you're high on Millsap and high on Jamal Murray, then uh, then be my guest to go over on Denver. Uh, Detroit, ooh, 38 and a half. I'm going to go hard under on Detroit this season. I do not like what I'm hearing out of there. Avery Bradley is a professional I like him as a player. I think it's an upgrade for them over Contavious Caldwell Pope, but I don't really like Reggie Jackson. What you we've been hearing about Andre Drummond and and Detroit maybe being interested in trading him. I don't like hearing that. Uh, it seems like something is ready to burst in Detroit, and I don't like it. So I'm going to say under 38 and a half for Detroit. Golden State 67 and a half. That seems really high, and I think. I'm just gonna say under, but that doesn't mean that I don't like. So that means they have to win 68 games to hit the over, y'all. Like 68. I'm gonna I, as much as I respect them, as much as they may burn the record books. I'm just gonna say under 68 wins. I mean, they've averaged 67, so you know, or they've averaged 70 wins the last two seasons, so. Uh, who knows? But I, I'm, I'm going with I'm going with under 67. I just think 
the amount of finals that they have gone to, I think, will catch up with them. And I think they're going to be a little bit more Spursian this year and rest guys and, uh, you know, not overextend in the regular season because they know that the guy that they're probably going to play in the finals is going to be doing the same thing. Houston, 55 and a half. I believe in Houston. I like, I'll take the over on that one. 56 wins. I believe in them. I believe in the Chris Paul, James Harden combination. I think that they will figure it out. I think that they will solve it. I know that Harden and Paul have both been a part of some uh, combustible NBA cores that were kind of blown apart by either infighting or just, you know, apathy by the end of it. And so, uh, you know, that's a concern, but I think that the will to win, the will to succeed, and I think the the basketball brain power of both of those guys will lead to success. So I'd like Houston to, to, to win a lot of games this year. Indiana, 31 and a half. Eh, I guess uh, under. Uh, I don't really like Indiana, but uh, they are somewhat decent. They didn't completely gut the team. They're not going to completely tank the team. So uh, I, I, I like that one. Clippers at 44, I already mentioned. Lakers at 33 and a half. That is a tough line right there. I have said for a few months that I like the Lakers to maybe make a step towards respectability this season, and 33 wins would do that. But uh, I don't know. I mean, 34, that's that's tough. Uh, right now, I'm going to say over because I think Lonzo Ball is for real. He reminds me a little bit of Dame when he came into the league. And... I, I, I think he's going to be a, a, a really nice player when he gets to the NBA. Brooke Lopez, professional scorer. I am, I'm on the Brooke Lopez bandwagon. Contavious Caldwell-Pope is the best defensive player that the Lakers have had in years. Uh, I'm going to go over on 34. So Lakers is going to win, win some games this year, I think. Memphis, 37 and a half. I am of the opinion that you should respect the Grizzlies because of Marcus Gasol and Mike Conley, but they still... Uh, you know, they don't have a lot else other than that. So uh, Vegas is down on them. Memphis has constantly exceeded expectations, but th- that's a tough number right there, 37 and a half. But if you, if you respect Memphis like I do, I'd probably say over, but that's not an easy over by any means because uh, they lost some key parts of their identity like Zach Randolph and Tony Allen, but they still could re-sign Tony Allen theoretically. Miami. 43 and a half. I'm going to go with the over uh, on this. I really liked last year's Miami team. I thought, I really wished that they had made the playoffs. I think their start was really bad. And I think uh, if they can stay healthy, I think the guys that they added, I think Kelly Olynyk is going to be good for them. I think he's going to help. Uh, and I, I like their team. And I like Eric Spolstra. I respect him. And I think that... He's going to be able to coach them back into the playoffs. Milwaukee, 47 and a half. I like the Bucks a lot. I, I really do. I'm a big, big fan of Giannis. I think Giannis is the next thing. I think Milwaukee could be a real threat in the East playoffs. I think as good as Boston is, I think they don't have anybody that can match Giannis. But Vegas thinks they're going to make a five-win improvement. I don't know if I'm buying that. So I'm going to go under 47.5 wins for Milwaukee this year, which is not to say that they're not going to make the playoffs because I think 47 wins will get you a pretty good seed in the East. But uh, I'm going to go under 47.5 for Milwaukee. Minnesota, their neighbors, 48.5. That is wow. Um, 
I like Minnesota. I like Jimmy Butler. I really respect him. I would probably take the under on this one too, though, because I I want to see it. Uh, Forty-eight and a half. I mean, that's a lot of. That's a big, big leap. Uh, could they do it? Sure. I, you know, is Jimmy Butler a you know twenty-win difference or you know compared to where they were last year? And I don't know that he is. Uh, or you know, not twenty wins, but almost twenty wins. And and. I really do uh, like Minnesota. I think they'll probably make the playoffs this year, but 48 and a half, that is tough. New Orleans, 39 and a half. I don't like their team. I'm going to go under. I just think I, as great as Davis and Cousins are, everybody's getting hurt left and right for them. I mean, they might change that line given how many guys have gotten hurt for the Pelicans recently. Uh, and, and things are just falling apart over there. They just traded. I mean, I mean, so they just don't have anybody really that helps. And one of their draft picks is hurt now. Frank Jackson. Uh, they traded Quincy Pondexter, one of their only wings who hasn't played in a couple of years, but has been a productive wing player in the league before. And they don't have any other wings, so they're basically going to run with Rondo, Drew Holiday, Boogie, and Anthony Davis. And they don't have really anybody else on the wing that can do anything. So I, I am not. I'm pretty skeptical that. New Orleans be able to get 39 wins. New York at 31. The way Porzingis has been playing in the Eurobasket, that's not that bad. Uh, but that that would be a, a, a nice, you know, that, that would be back where the Knicks were last year. But, you know, you don't have the fill drama. You, you know, Carmelo's going to be there, and that's going to be a thing probably for, for a bunch of the season. But I think it's going to be less of a thing now that Phil Jackson isn't there. But, you know, the the GM for the Knicks is writing letters where he's not including Carmelo Anthony in the vision for the future, so that was probably going to come back. But it, I just don't think, even if he is there and there is a little bit of animosity, that it's not going to spill over or as be as big of a uh, drag on the team and their psyche as it was last year. So 31 for the Knicks I think is not a bad number. Uh, I think they could do it. I think Porzingis could be ready to take a leap this year. So... 31 wins, 32 wins, not that much. I don't, I don't I don't think that's impossible for the Knicks. Oklahoma City, 51 and a half. That is a high number, but uh, a, a number that I respect. They added Paul George. They had Russell Westbrook last year, the league's MVP, and they won 47 games last year. So a four-win improvement, five-win improvement for the Thunder is on deck. They got Paul George. They got Patrick Patterson. They have a strong squad and I'm going to hit the over on Oklahoma City I think they're the favorites to win the division I think that they're going to be one of the top four seeds in the west and I think they're going to be ready to go so I like the over on OKC 52 wins I think they're going to be a very solid team all season long with Paul George in the fold Orlando 33 and a half under next question Philadelphia 41.5 uh Gonna that that's a that's a tough one. I I would probably hit I I would as much as I like Philly and their young core, I respect them. I'm gonna hit the under because they have been really bad for a while. We have no proof that Joel Embiid can play for a full season. Ben Simmons is gonna be in his rookie season, which could be great, but they still it still could be just like kind of like a Blake Griffin situation, young Blake Griffin situation where, you know, they're, they're fun and they're exciting, but they still are bad. And I think Philadelphia is going to be a fun, exciting team. Markel Fultz, if he is really the truth, then that takes them up a level. But for a young, unproven team to, to win 
to have a record above 500. I don't know about that. Uh, I'm going to say under 41 and a half for Philly. Sacramento, 28.5. going to say under. Their talent is really bad. They just don't have a lot of guys. I like that their team is trying to become more professional. They have a really good coach. They added George Hill, and they added Vince Carter, and they added Zach Randolph to bring some more character to the team. I think that will help, but I just think their talent is just so low right now uh, that they need to – they just need to tank for one more year and get some more talent. Uh, Spurs, 54 and a half. Uh, I'm going to say that they are just under that. 54 games, I think they'll win. I, I just don't know about the Spurs right now. Uh, I, I do this every year. I did it last year. I'm probably going to do it again. I think that they're still one of the top four teams in the West. I don't think that they're going to fall out of there. But I was really confused with what they did this summer. They gave Pau Gasol a bunch of money that they didn't need to give him. Uh, they tried to trade LaMarcus Aldridge. It didn't work. So how's that going to work out when they get back to camp? Though... LaMarcus Aldridge is no stranger to having some drama and tension in his workplace and still performing. So maybe that's an, a reason to maybe think about the over for them because uh, LaMarcus still shows up to work and has performed, uh, and, and I expect him to do that again for the Spurs. Um, Toronto, 48-and-a-half. I'll hit the under. I think Toronto takes it a dip this season. Uh, Lowry can 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 Kyle Lowry continue to be the guy that he has been for the past few seasons? Is Serge Ibaka going to continue to perform? They lose Patrick Patterson, who was a nice player, but Ibaka should be just a better version of Patterson. But they lose Corey Joseph. Uh, they they lost Damari Carroll, who turned out to be a signing that just went sideways. I think Toronto probably takes a dip this year. I got them at I'll, I'll have them under forty eight and a half. Utah at 40 and a half. I'm going to say under. I don't think Utah is going to be able to score enough to win that many games. And then Washington at 47 and a half. I'll say over. I think Washington will be solid this year. So that's going to conclude the over-unders. And I think we'll probably revisit these again as we get closer to the season. Maybe with some help. I don't think I'm going to be doing my picks all over again just by myself. But thank you for listening to this edition of Locked On Blazers. Hope you enjoy your Saturday and your weekend and the Labor Day weekend, all the football on TV, Eurobasket if you want to get some basketball into your system, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, TuneIn FM, wherever you can get a podcast. We are there. Leave us a review, and we'll be back with you next week right back here on Lockdown Blazers. Thank you for listening. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.